Hey there, I have a great episode for you today. Here's why. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking to someone who has focused on what's basically an organic growth strategy, and she's focused on that strategy for a whole year. So when we were talking, I said, hey, would you mind putting all your results together in a spreadsheet? Let's take a look at what's happened in your business, because that's a long time to focus on that one thing. And I want to see what happened. So I have to tell you, the results are a little bit shocking. We're going to share it with you on the inside. Come listen. I think it's really going to get you excited about what's possible for you. Welcome to the Roadmap to 50K on Shopify. Each week, we'll take you behind the scenes of real stores where you're going to learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So buckle up. Welcome your host and Shopify expert, Susan Bradley. Hey, Tina. Here we are again. Yep. Here we are again. (laughs) Tina is our member success coach. And so she is really the person on our team who is most connected, her and Jessica, I would say, Jessica's the customer service uh, support person. And Tina, you and Jess are most connected to the member experience. And so because of that, I have a meeting with you every Monday morning and it never fails. We get talking about things, things that members have experienced, things that you have experienced. And before you know it, we're like, that is a podcast episode. (laughs) Yep. We have a lot of podcast episodes behind us and probably in our future too. In our future too. Yes. But this one is wildly important. And this one has a funny story behind it, which we'll have to talk about because this is a year of results that is shocking. Shocking maybe for everyone who is listening to us, but the best part is this was shocking to you. And so that's why I'm, I'm so excited to have you here. And so you know, and I know that behind the scenes for more than a year, I have been nattering at you about collaboration, 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 because in my mind, I am convinced that here I have all these people, you know, in the inner circle, we've got what, 1,100, 1,200 people that are working hard on our success path. They are driving traffic. Well, first they're building audiences, they're driving traffic, they're building their lists and they're working on getting sales. And they're all working hard. So they're spending some money. They're spending, they're investing time for sure. And they're kind of doing it in a silo, right? They're looking at their audience, their list, their website, their sales. And, and when I see that, and I think about the cost, not, not just the financial cost, but the time cost and the emotional cost of building all this. And I realized that there could be somebody right next to them in the inner circle who shares a very similar audience that they could collaborate with and build more assets in their business, but they don't even know about each other. You know, right? It's been making me bonkers. Yes. I think collaboration comes up in probably every single call, maybe multiple times a call. (laughs) It drives me bananas. Mm -hmm. We're all spending this time and that we aren't, um, we, we still haven't, I mean, we help our members for sure with collaborations, but we haven't made it super, super easy. And so what's really interesting is about a year ago, for those of you that are listening, Tina said to me, I have decided that this year I'm going to do one collaboration a month and I'll tell you how it goes. 
And so let's back that up a little bit and let's talk about your little business because you're yeah. little. Yeah. So I have a little business. It's relatively young, probably three years old now, something like that. Yeah. And I sell fair trade home decor. So it's um, decorative items for the home and some jewelry, things like that. So I have a Shopify business, um, just like everyone else. I started from zero, no list, uh, no social media following, nothing. And I've been building it using the inner circle strategies. So everything from social posting to growing my Clavio list. And so my, at the beginning of the year, I had read the one thing again, and I had decided that my one thing for the year was grow my email list. And from talking to you, I was like, okay, I don't want to spend a lot of money to do it. So I'm going to use collaboration as my way to grow my list for the year, because I know that my store is very Q4 heavy. People like to buy a lot of my items holidays. So if I started in January, by the time I got to Q4, if I had a really big email list, I would have the results that I wanted. So that's the path that I kind of took to get to that decision. And what we need to tell everybody about is that really you are super busy. You are a coach in the inner circle. You, you talk to me a lot. You're the member (laughs) success person, which is a whole nother job. You have yeah. a lot of calls helping our members. You have to help the coaches as well, like with schedules. You're talking to admin all the time. You are super, super busy. And so you probably have how many hours a week to work on this business? Yeah. I mean, if I'm lucky, I squeeze in 30 minutes to an hour a day, but realistically, I don't even do that most of the time. So yeah. And then that time gets sucked up by my own customer service or filling my orders and things like that. So my marketing time is very small, very small. And uh, the other thing is that some of your items, probably more than half of your items are drop shipped. Is that correct? That's correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have that whole situation that is your business. Yep. Yeah. I want everyone to know that because I think it's important to hear the backstory. Like they're like, well, Tina's got lots of time. She's got all day to do this, but I have a full-time job, but really you have a very full-time job. Yeah. I'm very busy and I have two kids and I have the life, every, all the things that everybody else has. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, so what you did is you made this one thing, which we love that book because it is so good at helping you focus in on what's going to move the needle in your business. So you decided that you were going to do collaborations and you were going to do collaborations because they were affordable and Susan Bradley couldn't stop talking about it. Correct. Yeah. And I knew the nice thing was I had access to the inner circle. So in a way, I guess I could say I have a little bit of a head start because I know who the members are. I know people's stores and it's easy for me to find someone that I knew would be a good fit for a collaboration. Which is half the battle. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about uh, what kind of collaborations you did. Yeah. So the first one was actually not with an inner circle member. So one was a a blogger who blogs about fair trade and she had featured some of my products in her articles and directory. And I saw I was getting traffic from there. So I reached out to her and I said, Hey, I'm getting traffic from you. Like, do you have anything coming up? I'd love to work together more closely. 
And she said, oh yeah, I have a couple of uh, group giveaways coming up. If you pay a small fee, you can participate. You'll donate an item or a gift card. And that one was nice because all I did was post on social media, hey, enter this giveaway for a chance to win from these five brands. And so she picked the brands. She did all the organization of everything. And at the end, she sent me the leads that came through uh, from that collaboration. So good. But then all the other collaborate, I mean, ultimately within uh, the last 12 months, you've done 10 collaborations, right? Yeah, I did 10. Mm-hmm. And so all the other nine were with Inner Circle members? And so all the other ones were with Inner Circle members. So it was kind of nice to compare the experience of doing it with yeah. someone not Inner Circle versus doing it with someone in the Inner Circle. And what was that? Um, yeah, so I think the what I found was um, that one was relatively easy because she organized all of it. But at the end of the day, the leads were not, I felt like I had more unsubscribe or I know I had more unsubscribes and I know the leads weren't as great um, from that collaboration. And I think it's because um, I wasn't able to control the experience. So I wasn't able to control what the email that went out after, uh, you know, after you entered your email address, what that flow was on the back end, or by the time I got the list from her, it had already been a month because it took her a long time to send me the list. And so the leads were cold. So there was a lot of hiccups along the way that made me realize, okay, it's better for me to have more control over this experience. Yeah. Good part. Cause a a month is a long time in our world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Recency. So, so with the inner circle members, and you don't have to tell us about each collab you Mm -hmm. did, but generally what was the structure? Was it a giveaway? Was it just a a sponsored email for each other? What did you do with it? Yeah. So I did two kinds. So the one that I did over and over again, which was nice because it was repeatable and it became formulaic, which was really nice was a joint giveaway. So it would be my brand and another inner circle member. And the important thing is we had similar audiences. And so we usually sold different things. I partnered with another home decor store, another jewelry store, but they also had a very global aesthetic, similar age customer. And so we would each commit to a prize and um, our prizes were usually same values of 40 to $50 per item. And then we'd agree that one of us would photograph them. So usually the other person was a better <laughs> photographer than I was or had more time. Or, or had more time. Yeah. Or interested in that part of it. And so I would send my item to them. They would photograph it. We would create some assets. So we use the same social media posts. We had a Google Doc, really simple, that said, this is the start date of the giveaway. This is the end date. Uh, one of us would host the landing page that would collect the emails. And then we did something which the amazing Laurel Thompson told us about is um, the other partner would host the confirmation page. Hmm. So they would get the you're in to the giveaway page. And the reason for that, it might sound a little technical if you're not in the group, but we both get pixeled. So it helped both of our uh, Facebook ads to be able to do that. Your audience... Yeah, exactly. And then whoever hosted the confirmation page had that pixel data. And then the person who hosted the actual form, the Clavio and Bev form, 
would have flow on the back that says, thanks, you're in, please check your email. Here's a little, you know, blurb about each of our brands. And so we would do that just to make sure we were covering all our bases. And then the other part was the promotion. So usually we would commit to each of us would post on social media, you know, once a day and promote to our lists. Um, we each would send at least one email to our list saying, hey, we're running a giveaway. Let me introduce you to my friend. We know you're going to be so excited about these great prizes. And so we would do that as well. And then the last part is we would agree on an ad spend. And so we would each spend, for the most part, I did anywhere from $20 to $40 in ad spend for the length of the giveaway. And the interesting part there was we each use our best audience. So usually I would use a lookalike of my customers Mm -hmm. and the other person would choose whatever their audience was that they felt like was their best audience to use. So, so that's probably the most complicated collab that we have. And there's, for those of you that whose eyes have glazed over. I know. Sorry. That's a lot of information. Okay. So if your eyes glazed over and you're an inner circle member, there is step-by-step training in the, uh, in uh, the collab section of the inner circle. Yeah. So just taking a step back, the the goal, yeah, the goal was to pull together a group of cold audience. So that was the purpose of the ads to get some cold traffic to our giveaway. And then warm traffic was using our list and our just Mm. generic social media posting to have some warm leads come into there. And so the overall big giveaway list that we collected would have a mix of cold traffic, a mix of warm traffic. Um, And sometimes, you know, I would have a lot of my existing customers would get on the list, which is totally fine because I've re-engaged them and I'm then giving those people to my collaboration partner. Absolutely. And so the beauty of this uh, is, of course, that because you were both working off the same training, there wasn't a lot of explaining to do. Everybody understood the framework and off you went. So that was the one kind of collaboration you did. What was the other kind that you did? Yeah. So around the holidays, I did another type of collaboration, which we ended up doing it with, I think we did four brands total. And for that one, we did a, we can call it the gift guide model. And so that one, there was no ads and there was no collaborative photography. There was nothing like that. We did the same idea where we had a Google doc and each of us put our little elevator pitch about our business a photo that we felt was representative of a good gift item from our store and a link to our homepage and our social media. And then we, each of us turned that into an email that we sent to our list that said, Hey, happy holidays. I'd like to introduce you to these great women-owned brands and here's 15% discount. This code will work across all our stores. So smart. So we had one code that anybody could use. We each sent that email to our list and we posted it on our uh, social media accounts. And so that was really just about, that one was more about getting direct sales because it was, I think we did it in November and it was really close to the holidays. Um, But it made sense to send an email like that at that time of year. So, so good. And so you found these partners really easily because probably 
you are the one person, anyone who's a coach for sure, but yeah. you are the one person who probably knows more people inside of the inner circle and a little bit about their business and their audience than anyone else. So yes. it's easy for you to kind of cherry pick. <laughs> these yeah, <laughs> this is true. Yeah. These people. But let's talk about, this is really interesting. I'm going to out you a little bit, Tina, because let's talk about how you felt at the end of the year. So I'm like all excited, right? All year. I'm so yeah. doing all these collabs. I know it's going to be great. La, 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 la. You know, I've been thinking about this for so long because I, I am a firm believer that we have to use uh, some paid traffic and that we have to spend some money to build our audiences. But what we don't want to do in my mind is we don't want to build this business based on uh, only paid traffic and conversion from, from that paid traffic. And so like I've been, you know, yammering about this for a long time and I couldn't wait until you, you came back to me with your results, but I had to kind of like ask you. You had to nudge me. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Tina, you know, when are you going to do that? Well, let's do the case study on the collaborations. And you were like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, that's the thing. It's so common to feel like, Oh, I did all this work and it, it didn't work. It didn't get me what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think what happened is I was getting hung up on how many leads I'd collected. So most of my giveaways ended up anywhere from a hundred to let's say 300 new subscribers or leads from the giveaway. And I felt like, okay, that's all right, but it's not that exciting. And I don't know if these people are actually going to convert. And I sort of got in my own head and was feeling like, uh, maybe it wasn't the best idea. Maybe it wasn't the best strategy. You know? Right. And it's also because I, I also have a baby business, you know, I have regular sales, but I don't have a huge list and, um, yeah, I don't know. I got kind of somehow I got in my yeah. own head about it. <laughs> so I had to like beat you into yes, you did doing the case study. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. Tina, just 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 go get the data. Just let let's just see your data, you know, and then I'll know. Then I'll stop. I've, I'll stop talking about this if it's if it's not good. And then. So you're so good. Like you are really so good. Like I love having you on my team, really our team, because you, you know, what's important and you do what you say you're going to do. And so a few days later, I'm out on my walk and I get this message from you <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, um, here's a spreadsheet of my results. And, um, it's a little better than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So I had to backtrack on my moaning about it because yeah. Yeah, it was actually quite successful. And I think what right. it really showed was, you know, the exact things that I tell people all the time is that the progress comes in baby steps and yes. you don't see it. Yes. And all of a sudden you put it all together and you're like, wow, I've come really far in a year. And I didn't even know I did right. come this far. Right. I want everyone who's listening, because I think this is super common, even though Tina should know better. <laughs> I think this is super common. We get really busy. We see all the things and we don't actually shine a light on what we were doing. So you had done it consistently, which was great. You followed through with that, but you never really sat down and shone a light on it. And so all these 150 or 200 emails seemed like not enough for the work at the time until, until you added it up. 
what I want everyone to walk away from this moment with is that if you if you are focusing on any strategy, whether it's this or it's some other strategy, if you don't find a way to put a measuring stick to it and track and measure, this is the result you're going to get because you are not, uh, you know, you're not a great big brand. Just what you said, like your results are really good, but they're baby business results. Yeah, they're proportional to the ad spend that I put in and to the size of the list I started with and the social media reach I started with, all of that. Yeah. So let's tell, let's share your actual results. The first thing I just want to like verbal vomit out there is Tina actually got sales from every single, when she went back and looked, she got sales from every single collaboration, all 10 of them. Yeah, which was pretty amazing to look at that and see. And then one thing which I did realize after two of the collaborations was, you know, we do kind of a a check-in after the collaboration. Hey, what worked? What was hard for you? You know, what could we do better next time? And I had at least two of my partners say, hey, did you get a sale from XYZ person? You know, so they would give me a name and I would go look in my store, I'd look in my Clavio and I'd be like, oh yeah, I did. And they say, that's my number one customer. Like she'll buy anything I put out there and I bet she'll buy from you. And so that was really insightful for me that sometimes these collaborations were actually worth it to get that one, call it super fan or super customer, because I have a few of those customers who I know just are my, you know, best that they'll have six plus orders when I see something. I'm like, oh, I know that name. (laughs) They're buying from me again. And I realized that a lot of the other store owners have those kind of one or two super fans. And just being able to do the collab and get those people on your list can be worth it in itself. And it's it's not free, but it doesn't cost a lot. And it it takes some time, but it's repeatable. You can set this up and do it again and again and again. And so it's a great investment in long-term growth. Yeah. And the repeatable part is really important because I have to say, when I would contact people when I made this plan, you know, the first one was a little bit, took a little bit of work to figure it all out. But then I would be able to go to somebody and say, Hey, I already have a template. I have this Google doc. I'll highlight in yellow, the fields that you need to fill out. What do you like to do? Um, I had one partner who was, well, Lisa. So she's an, used to be an art director, is an art director, did amazing photography. She created um, little animated clips for us to use and just having that beautiful creative really helped that campaign do well yeah and then I felt like I brought to the table more of okay I know how to do it this is the schedule this is how we run the ads this is what audience you do and so they didn't have to think hard about it because it was already set for them and we split the workload which also made a big difference a true collaboration Mm -hmm. okay so let's get back to the results so first thing is for I'm just actually looking at your spreadsheet here so the first thing is every collaboration got a sale yes Mm -hmm. right and and what's interesting is to me I mean I'm telling your results do you want to tell them no, you tell them. Okay. Okay. Cause I'm, I was like so excited when I saw this. So, so every collaboration got a sale. 
even the ones like I'm looking here and I'm seeing some teeny tiny businesses. So even the yeah. ones that were teeny tiny businesses that you collaborated with, with got a sale. One collaboration you did got eight sales. Another one, I guess the next highest was six and then right. five. And then another one that I see is six. Like you got a lot of sales over time from these collaborations. The key- right, exactly. Over time. So like the earliest collaboration I did was in March. And I remember doing that one and there was no immediate sales. Huh. But then when I looked and by the end of a year, a year later, essentially a little bit more than a year later, it had generated five orders that list. Right. (laughs) Crazy. And so in Tina's year of collaboration gang, she collected 1610 email addresses. And I just want you all to know that on average, I would say when somebody uh, goes out intentionally and puts time, effort, and money into collecting email addresses, I think that 50 cents is a good result per email address. But I've seen people pay more than that for an email address. And so if you just look at that right there, that's $800 that you didn't have to spend if you had focused. Or it's 1,600 leads you never would have got. Right, exactly. So there's there's that. The other thing that I think is super interesting is that you got 34 unique customers from your from these giveaways that you did. And so 34 customers bought 42 orders. So you actually got some repeat business too. Right, exactly. And I think that's going back to that idea of these super fans. So once you get one of those customers, the lifetime value of that customer is really high. So what's your average order value? Uh, it's average between 40 and $45. So we'll say $40 and 42 orders. So we're looking at around $1,600 worth of sales. Mm-hmm. And you spent, it looks like you spent less than a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, around a hundred dollars. So each yeah. ad, um, each giveaway, I would spend between like 20 and $40, but usually yeah. $20 on ads. And my partner would also spend $20 on ads just to help us get more leads and build yeah. up that cold traffic side of it that I talked yeah. about earlier. So ultimately, you also put on here that of those 1,610 uh, leads, ultimately, you suppressed 849 of them. Right, exactly. What were your mm-hmm. rules for suppressing them? Like, when did you do that? And what like, what were your guidelines to decide whether you're going to suppress those people? Yeah, so suppressing people, I think it was something like they'd received six emails over time and had never opened any of them. So then I usually knew, okay, this is a bad email address or, you know, they're never going to open. So it didn't make sense to have them on there. Right. So that was your rules. Everyone could make their own rules. But Mm -hmm. what I think is amazing is that something that you thought really didn't work generated 34 brand new customers. So your customer acquisition cost was really under, I don't know, like three or four bucks to acquire. So what I normally see is it could cost, you know, the cost of the whole purchase to acquire, first purchase to acquire. Totally. Mm -hmm. Really inexpensive customer acquisition, repeat buyers, and a like a relationship with another member in this case 
that would actually allow you to repeat that with that member again. Like you could take your top uh, six of these collaborations and do them once a year, every year. Yeah, exactly. And actually one of them, we actually did repeat this year. So the one that I'd mentioned with Lisa, we did last year with for Earth Day. So that's another thing that I did for each of the giveaways is we gave each one a theme. So it was either a holiday or sort of a topic that we felt we could put the story behind. So ours was about Earth Day and we repeated it this year. Uh, We got less leads And so we were both kind of, I think that was part of it this year. We're like, oh, we got less leads. Maybe it's not going to be as effective. But then when I thought about it, I was like, okay, I need to change my thinking about this because we've already swapped lists. So really the new leads that we've gotten are either people I've gained since my last collaboration with her, or it was a smaller reach of cold people. So it's not always about the volume of leads. It's about the quality. quality. So I think it's still worth doing those collaborations again, but yeah. comparing the numbers needs to be a little bit different. We don't need to focus so much on the quantity of leads that we've right. gotten. So let's just shift the conversation for a minute to audiences. Because when we talk about collaborations in the inner circle, the first thing that Uh, comes up from people is that, well, I have a really small niche. So I don't, I don't, can't find people to collaborate. I really, really small niche. Don't you know? Yeah. And, And what we really need to help everybody who's listening understand is yeah, so does everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. Well, and that's part of what makes us <laughs> successful, right? <laughs> right. You can't focus on what you sell you have to focus on the person. And even though that person is interested in your really super small niche, they are not a one-dimensional person. They are interested in a whole pile of other things too. And that really the best collaborations come from people who share audiences with similar characteristics. Would you agree? Yep, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I think the other side to that is there's two things that I see people get hung up on when I talk about collaborations with Mm -hmm. them. One is, oh, but you have a much higher price point products than I do. And again, I don't think that really matters. Um, For example, when I did the gift guide one, we all had different price point items. We were all in different categories, but we all agreed that we could agree to, we we could all afford a 15% discount. And so that was fine. It didn't matter that we had different price point items. We could agree on a flat discount that worked for each of our stores. Right. Because I have spent, if you think about it, every one of us, we've spent a lot of money on something that was important to us, but we could also be found at the Dollar General every now and then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> high-end products. We don't only buy cheap products. And so we have to remove that barrier we have that's keeping us from doing this. The other thing I think you probably see is, because I've certainly seen it, is people will say, well, I have a bigger list than my Yeah, That was another one. I would get asked, well, how big is your list? Because I only have 500 on my list, or I don't really have a list, or my social media, I only have X number of Instagram followers. And again, it's, you know, that's not really the important thing. The important thing is that you have 
a product and a store that's a proven concept. I think yeah. that's important that you need to have at least a few customers behind you yeah. to know that your store experience is good. And then that's also where some of the ad spend comes in. So, you know, it's like, okay, but we're both going to bring in cold traffic and we're going to do it equally. So it's totally fine. And again, it's all, it's a little bit of an experiment, you know, but at the end of the day, it's about having a customer who's going to relate to what the messaging is and what the giveaway prizes is going to be attractive to them. Cause that's what brings them to give their email address awesome in the scroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I think, what I heard you say in this uh, conversation that we're having is that, you know, I got those, I got those one like re- highly engaged buyers, that one perfect yeah. customer. And so that's really a win. Like you don't have to say, well, my list is a thousand and yours is 2000. So I'm only going to send, or you're only going to send to 1000. Like, why do we get in our own way like that? Let's yeah. just you know, put it out there and be happy with the results that we get or know that that's not one that we're going to repeat. But again, if you don't test this over time, your first inclination is going to be, well, that didn't really work. Right, exactly. And I think the other learning for me was really the length of time that I had to let pass Mm -hmm. before I looked at the results because I really, you know, track the results over a year later. And that's when I saw the progress. But if I had tracked it month to month, all I see is that my giveaway list keeps shrinking. It looks smaller. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm seeing sales or the other thing that I saw a lot when I did the collaborations is a week would go by and then we'd kind of message and check in, Hey, has anyone used the code? No, no one used the code. I didn't get any orders from this giveaway. And again, it's, you know, people need time to be nurtured. And I think that was the other learning. We think because we give a discount, that's all the reason to buy. And it really isn't. They're going to use the discount when they're ready to buy. And that's a really different way of looking at it. But many of them are not going to ever use the discount. Right. They're never going to use the discount. The goal is to have them on the email list and to nurture them over time until the time is right. Because... They fall in love with the product in that email, or they have an occasion that they do need to buy something for someone or for some for themselves. Yeah. So you know what? Here's what I uh, I take away from this, and and we have some training for collaboration, and of course this is a huge focus. And I'm you know over here doing backflips because Tina did the results, and I know we have a couple (laughs) other case studies coming up that we're going to share on the podcast. But this is good for no matter what stage you're at. If you're at the audience building stage, you can collaborate. We can give you training that will show you how to collaborate for building audiences. If you're at the traffic stage you can collaborate. You don't have to go all the way through with this big giant giveaway. If you're trying to generate leads, you can collaborate. And if you're looking for sales, you can collaborate. Your gift guide was a perfect example of looking for sales. I think the biggest problem for almost everyone is the barriers that are immediate for them to collaboration. I think it's like, oh, finding someone that will collaborate with them yeah. And then getting everybody on the same page with what to do. Yeah, and again, it doesn't need to be as complicated as I ran them because, you know, I'm yeah. deep in the inner circle and I have a lot of knowledge about it. But I think just a starting point, if you wanted to test the waters, find somebody who has a similar audience to you 
And literally you have to do nothing else but send an email that introduces that brand to your audience and they do the same. And it's like, hey, meet my friend Susan. She has this amazing store. This is my favorite product of hers. Um, buy it here. And guess what? She's giving, she's given me a custom code just for you. You know, it could be as simple as that, where you just send an email, maybe you post it on social, maybe you're great at Instagram and you do stories. Um, maybe you go live together and introduce each other. And again, the measurement for that is, okay, did you gain some Instagram followers? Did you gain some emails? Did anyone use the code? I think you can look at different metrics to track yeah. and see if it's successful for you. So, but here's the thing, because you know, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just figure this out for people and template this. So that Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. This has been on my mind for so long. I know I have been so successful with collaborations in the past. I know our members have, but it's hard still, even though we have training and even though we have all these amazing people in a group, I know it's really hard. And so I just want to tell everyone right now, I am working on this. We are for inner circle members. We are going to create a collaboration hub and I'm going to make it super easy for you to find your people and then tell you exactly what to do, no matter what stage you are. I think we can create training for them that actually just helps them build their audience like at that low level and they can work their way up to whatever they want. But we have to remove those barriers for people because the way forward really is to, you're still going to have to spend some money. You're still going to have to have some paid traffic, but the way forward for people like us is collaboration and growing as organically as we can. And we already know people want to buy from people. And you are yeah. the influencer in your business, right? Mm-hmm. And when you come out and say, hey, it's Tina, people listen. They open their, the, the not everyone, <laughs> but yeah. people on your list, open the email. They click. Well, through. yeah. And I think it's it's remembering that they trust you. And like you said, as the influencer in your business, they trust your recommendation. So if I say, hey, this is a beautiful store from my friend and she makes this or she buys it from here. And it's about giving them the reasons why you love that product. And it's not just, oh, here's, you know, here's a discount from somebody go buy from them. There needs to be a little bit of relationship building in there. And again, you'll have that naturally because you're building a friendship with the person that you're collaborating with. That's the other cool part that, isn't measurable is the friendships I now have with these people and just being able to check in or, Hey, I see you have new products. I've ended up buying wholesale from some of them. I bought products from, from them to give as gifts or for myself. And it's, you know, e-commerce can be a lonely game. And so I think there's also another aspect of the the friendship in the community that you build by doing this, that you don't have sitting behind your ads manager, creating Facebook ads. <laughs> totally true. And I think what's super interesting too, is that the, um, the, the, the event, the collaboration you did that had the lowest results was the one that wasn't a member. Right. Exactly. And so I think that one, it was, she was the influencer in her business. And so she was curating it and sending it out. But I think she probably doesn't have the same type of, you could say like closeness with her list that I do. My list knows me because I go live 
from time to time. I do the relationship email where I introduce myself once a year. Um, I talk about how I choose my products. And so I am the influencer in my business, maybe not as front and center as other brands, but you can see the difference. It, It shows in the numbers. Despite that, you still got a sale. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> so good. Listen, thank you so much for sharing. Gang, I just want you to stay tuned. I am absolutely committed to making this easy for you to collaborate with each other just by breaking down the barriers, just by helping you find each other and then telling you exactly what to do so that you can both get on the same page, get it done quickly. And also, I'm going to give you a way to measure this so that you know. So good. Thank you again, Tina. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for pushing me. I needed that. (laughs) So good. Well, it was like, I think you function at a really high level. And I think that why it was important to out you like that is because I think that that's how we all operate. Yeah. It's easy to see it in other people's businesses, but it's easy to doubt yourself and to get discouraged. And um, yeah. And that's where it's good to have that accountability and yeah, just kind of Hey, you know, you got to measure and you got to go back and look and see what worked. I'm actually going to add one more thing to this. And so what I'm going to say to everyone listening, that this is Tina's result today, but I suspect if we came back and we checked her result in September, like it for the next quarter, I, well, that's not even the next quarter, but you know, let's say a few months down the road, I suspect that you will have even more sales from this list? Yeah, I think so. Because I have some super buyers in there and I have some people that just buy at certain times of year. So yeah, definitely. The ROI on this time you spent, I think is only going to snowball. Yeah, true. It's be a part mm-hmm. of what all of us do. Okay. I've thanked you once before. I'm going to thank you again. You are amazing. I want you to go have a great vacation because I know that that's on, you. your, uh, on your radar in the next few weeks. And uh, I'm sure we'll be back. Great. Thanks for having me yet again. Anytime. Hey there. Are your sales a lot slower than you thought they would be? So frustrating. You know you have a good product and you're just kind of stumped, wondering what you're missing and what it's going to take before you'll get the sales you want every day. So I want to share a free workshop I made for you. Before you start making more changes on your website, I want you to take a little bit of time and watch this. Spend 40 minutes with me and you're going to see why you're not getting the sales that you want and you will be clear on what it is you really need to do to move the needle. I'm almost positive it's not changed something on your website. Head on over to thesocialsalesgirls.com forward slash sales every day and go have a watch. This is training from our inner circle. It's in our foundations unit. Our members get it right away and they leave feeling confident about their site, their product, their pricing, and they're ready to get on the path to success. I want to share that with you. So the URL is thesocialsalesgirls.com sales every day. I'll stick it in the show notes. See you soon.